Welcome to Is It On, the podcast where three lifelong friends from Toronto discuss tech trends and news through a Canadian lens. In today's episode, we explain the origin of the name of the podcast, Is It On, we reminisce about how we all met, and we discuss why you have to fake it till you make it. Let's get started. I'm Mustafa. I'm a senior engineer at Slalom Build. My area of focus is DevOps and SRE. I came into this area of focus uh, a little bit of a surprise. I had a bit of a career journey that's uh, it's quite interesting, I would say. Um, I started out in QA for a mobile device management software at Sodi, and then uh, worked at uh, Canadian Broadcast Corporation for a bit as a product engineer. And then I switched back to the private industry. I worked at Everts for a bit as an under professional services. Um, but none of that stuff really like hit te- the techie in me. And then I went to Acuity as a DevOps engineer. And now I'm at Slalom Build as a senior engineer. And this is, this is the height of my techiness, I would say. Um, how about you, Bora? How did, you, how did it all start for you? Hi, I'm uh, Annie Bora. Um, I currently work at a company called Swift Medical. Uh, which is a wound care management company uh, where we uh, provide documentation software and ma- measurement software, basically for chronic wounds. Uh, at the company, I uh, I'm the principal architect in charge of like the general comp- uh, backend architecture, um, data team, and the DevOps side of things. Um, uh, and before uh, Swift Medical, I worked at uh, a startup that I co-founded uh, called Rhythm Technologies. Um, at Rhythm, I was the lead engineer. I worked um, across uh, the stack um, in iOS, uh, MATLAB, Python, embedded systems. We had sensors and uh, and you know uh, and backend systems using Python and Django. Yeah, and outside of work, um, I also like making music, and I have a band uh, called Quan Bay. We have scored a few movies, including a film called Amis, which premiered last year at Tribeca Film Festival, and uh, we also release pop music. Uh, like uh, electronic R&B sort of stuff. And I'm Ani Genti. I've been a product manager for the better half of the last five and a half or so years. And uh, the way I got thrown into product was really by accident. Um, I was actually, my first gig out of school was uh, as a software implementation consultant at Ceridian. So I was implementing software for um, the mid-market enterprise companies. And that's where I met my boss's boss, who was a pilot. And I was actually working on my private pilot's license at that time. And that's how we got connected. We found out um, that we were both pilots. Um, And yeah, so fast forward six or seven months, he was like, hey, Annie, you know, I've got this idea for a B2B SaaS company and I need a product manager. Are you up for the job? And I, I, I knew this person um, is a serial entrepreneur. He had built companies from the ground up. Um, and and exited them. So I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to learn how companies are built from the ground up and really see how a product, software product especially, is is built. And so I, I dove headfirst into the world of product management there without really knowing what that meant, what the job meant, and uh, what I was supposed to do. And I kind of got thrown into the deep end and learned the ropes really by doing. And I fell in love with... Uh, with the premise of the mix between business and tech. And yeah, I've, I've helped build and launch both web and mobile products. And um, my favorite area of focus uh, right now is the UX and design of uh, web applications. 
Yeah, it's actually quite interesting, like how we all, like we all have a different path and where we landed here. Um, we all have quite a different background. We still work in the same space, um, but like I, I have quite a broadcasting background um, in project management, and then worked my way into DevOps. Um, it's kind of like speaks to there isn't like one journey for success. It's yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's that's basically about us. So you might have noticed we all have accents, or at least we don't sound very Canadian. So yeah, maybe like Mustafa, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, a bit more of your background prior to coming to Canada, or and and then lead us up to why you came to Canada. Um. Yeah. So, well, I came here for school originally, right? When I was eighteen, um, I've had a I've had a, a bit of a upbringing I've grown I was born in Wales I lived in Jordan for a bit lived in Bahrain for another bit and then in Canada from when I was 18 till now so like this is the longest time I've been in one place really um <clears throat> but yeah so we went to U of T um studied computer engineering and that's kind of how we met right um we were on the same floor in residence right um I don't have it's very hard to remember those early days for me Cool. And Bora, talk us through your journey of growing up in India and uh, maybe just touch on some of your boarding school life too. Right. I, um, hi again. I'm actually, um, I'm from Assam, India, which is a part of India that most people that you know from India are not from. Um, I'd say I'm the only Northeast Indian, which is the area where I'm from, uh, Indian I've met here until a friend of mine moved here and now has moved back, unfortunately. Um, so I came here also in 2008, just like um, Ganti and Mustafa here. And we, um, so essentially uh, landed here August 23rd, uh, came into University of Toronto. I, I love that you remember then, the date uh, of the landing. Realized, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, um, and realized that like, shit, it was going to be really cool because September already was pretty <laughs> cool for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we were so yeah, and then like I met I met Gandhi actually uh, during our uh, I think same one hundred uh, same one hundred yeah tutorial. I remember the exact yeah moment. yeah yeah <laughs> we we used to we used to have we used to have uh, the uh, every week we had a test that would count towards our grades <laughs> mother <laughs> is this the and same course I guess uh, what? where you had to bring your homework and if it was late in the first five minutes he would not take it right yeah and he would make a scene no 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 I don't remember no. that yeah. No, no, he had a he had a one and a half point uh, test, like sixteen of them through the weeks, and it was the worst. Because I'll tell you why. Because I uh, went to boarding school my whole life, like uh, Kanti said, and uh, in boarding school you have a very strict regimen. You wake up at five a.m., you go for a morning run, then you go for uh, then you go to school. You take a shower, you go to school, you come back, you go play sports, you come back, you go to school again to study, and then you come back and then you shoot the shit. But, but, uh, but so I came to University of Toronto and, and yeah, so like I had, I had freedom for the first time in my life. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make music. I'm going to do the things that I want to do and not go to class <laughs> apparently. But this Civ, uh, but this Civ, uh, tutorial really threw a wrench in my plans, you know? Uh, and a friend of mine who was my friend that first year and who disappeared <laughs> like right after the first year, essentially <laughs> never showed up for those tests but i managed to show up for each one of them <laughs> he uh he instead played dota which to be fair like was the ca 
common cause of casualty in our in our uh, class, I believe, at least for like twenty percent of the people we knew. That should be an entire episode <laughs> so, by itself. How ECE was so brutal in the first year. Even second year was crazy, but I guess just, by then just people vanished. Like it was yeah. like an episode of nineteen eighty four. Like just people just went poof, just <laughs> yeah. gone. Right? Like like we yeah. had like there's that guy on our floor. Like he <laughs> yeah. just disappeared. Like he just, just so many people just never came back. Second year or second semester even. Second month, like, like they, yeah, yeah. We went home for a Christmas break and then never came back. <laughs> never came back. Truth, truth is, like, uh, like I was, I was friends with Gandhi, and I was uh, in first year itself, but not so much with Mustafa. And uh, and I had a, a set of other friends. Really, I had, I really was close with a set of other guys that entirely, entirely disappeared the next year. I came back and I was like, Yo, where are my friends? I came, <laughs> like, they're all gone, <laughs> like, <laughs> all lost to Dota, apparently. So <laughs> I, I, sucked I, I in I by the horde. Wasn't there like so, a Brazilian guy? <laughs> Dude, there was a there was a ton of guys, and then like, I, I I don't want to use names, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was a huge uh, group of friends that like disappeared overnight, and it was kind of a kind of a very sad uh, experience uh, actually. Uh, but you know, second year onwards, we made some good uh, like uh, like we had consistent friends, and then that continued through the end of the year. And yeah, the end of in, in that first year, which residence were you on? Victoria. Victoria. Okay. I was in Victoria till the second yeah, year. Mustafa second and I year. were in New College, Wetmore Hall. Oh. What more hall? Was it the only male-only floor? Yeah, it's the only one in all of the residences. <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> uh, it didn't work though, but that's okay. <clears throat> oh yeah, uh, it did work. That's right. No, no, no. You know what it was? Wasn't the other side of the floor mixed? No, it wasn't. No. All the floors were mixed. The exception was the all-girls floor in the other building on the fourth floor. I have no was, recollection of this. I was too focused uh, on doing my Civ tutorials. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> getting like, uh, getting our like uh, butts whipped by that guy. Like he, that, yeah. it was such an easy course too. Like I remember, uh, like you could just like ace that th- thing, but the tutorials were wor- the worst because I lost all my marks there. Essentially, because <laughs> yeah. I, need, I, I, I don't, them. yeah, like I don't remember which course. Statics. Like, you, had to, you had to do like vectors and stuff and like you had to bring in homework every, like in, Handed in at the beginning, and if you were late, Dynamics. he would tell you. Like, I think that was the, the, fuck n- out. the next semester. Like, you know, Dynamics, we had different professors oh, too. Yeah, I had a different professor than that. Yeah, Dynamics was, was tough, cool. man. I found it tough. Yo, Dynamics was one of my highest scores in in school, actually. Oh shit, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, my highest was actually algorithms, which is the easiest course I ever took. <laughs> the other one was the, right, dude. Right, I was right. on the flip side. Settle down. Algorithms was one of those. It was one of those courses that I enjoyed a lot. I learned a lot, but I got like a 47 in my mission. Oh my God. Like, 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 like that was make or break my degree, that course. Oh, that bad? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 took it, I took it in my last year, right? And I already, I was oh, one course short. Yeah, yeah. And, and I took it in the last, like the very last semester. Um, <laughs> I still passed it. Like I still, like, the, yeah. the bell curve on that was ridiculous, but. Um, yeah, it's one of those Courses where it was like a camel shaped, right? Hump, I don't know what you call it. My worst one was actually like not only any of those, like it was the electronics courses. Like I, I hated everything to do with <laughs> labs and like physically doing things. Cause like I'm, I, I physically can't do shit. Like I physically, I'm, I'm, I'm physically inept. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> um, but all my life I've only, uh, I've been very lucky cause like uh, everything else, I've been okay at, but like physical things, I've been the worst at. <laughs> you know, I just get carted around everywhere, like a like a two hundred, like hundred and fifty pound uh, baby. So it's great. <laughs> All right. Um, 
And I'm Ani Ganti, and uh, I grew up in Singapore, moved to Singapore when I was maybe like four or five years old. And uh, so in Singapore, there's a mandatory conscription. So all males who turn 18 will have to join and serve in the army for three years at that time, it was. And obviously my parents were like, nope, f that shit, you're not wasting three years of your life. And so I got shipped off to Canada to go to school instead. Um, I had some family here in Toronto and my brother went to U of T. So I was automatically kind of funneled to U of T here. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up here. And I've been here since 2008, August 23rd for me, I think, if I remember the date. Same, yeah. August 23rd is when all, all, all yeah. the dudes came down. Because uh, I think that's when the visa becomes valid or something, right? Like that's when residence opens. Or something. Yeah, no, something no, no. like that. It was, it was a bit later than that, like residence, because I stayed in Mississauga for a few days. Um, and I was like, Toronto is a really flat city. I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> like Mississauga was like, <laughs> everything was so far apart. And like, I had to take a bus. Yeah. And the bus came every hour. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Which third world country did I move to? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Then, then like, we, uh, we were driven to actually downtown. And I saw St. George campus. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was actually quite nice. Yeah, I was actually quite taken by that campus on the first day. It's all just appearance because the it's moment all... you're there, it's just, it's, it's, it's once, brutal. Well, once you're in it, like you're just. What's the moral know. of the story? Never judge a book by its cover. Or yeah. by its ranking. Or by its, or ranking. By its ranking. That one. That one's, that one speaks a lot of truth, right? I mean, I would have, I would have, should have gone to Waterloo. I would have come out with money in my pocket. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, it's like I should have went to a smaller school in general. Oh yeah, like that's that's kind of my takeaway from UFT is the comp the competition in there was extremely degrading to my self esteem. But do you think you would have been open to the opportunities that you were open to if you had not gone to a school like UFT? Uh, I feel like if I went to a smaller school, I would have immersed myself more in the environment. But because UFT was so big, I felt like I had to be on my own. Like there, there would be mm. no, there's no effect essentially in, in like, in, or like, I don't feel like I have enough of an impact. So I'm like, I don't want to bother with any of it. So I just kind of kept to myself, but I feel like if it was a smaller school, smaller class size where everybody's kind of like moving together, um, it would be quite different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know about opportunity because like that stuff, I don't think I would have even been where I was like, if I didn't get a few things that just happened. Uh, to be honest, and that gives serendipity and like weird shit. Um, but, but in terms of like, yeah, UFT was 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 great. I mean, like, I actually felt like um, this is this is something that like I don't know if you guys felt, but when I first moved to um, University of Toronto in, in my old school, I was actually um, we had a specific standard of education was quite high for India. I do think um, it's one of the better schools in India. Um, but the moment I came to UFT and I was talking to my peers there, it was um, it was a whole another level. Like I think. Um, I think that uh, that essentially like forces you to reevaluate like essentially like what you've learned and like how how you can apply that in your in your future. So I think UFT really prepares you for for the world in some ways, but it is hard on you though. It, it well, it I is. guess yeah, like that's the part that I might disagree. Like it, I guess like it did prepare me, but what I will say about UFT is um, it kind of gives you an entry point into your first job, like it above other schools and especially in Toronto like there is a bit of like if you work at the big the big companies like if you're walking in with a U of T degree versus another school Waterloo I mean 
or like you, but to be fair back in 2008 waterloo i don't know maybe i had blinders on but waterloo was never on my radar as a good school yeah because i I, th- i feel like the engineering faculty at waterloo started getting recognition as after, we were in u of t yeah while we were in u of t or after we graduated Actually Waterloo is a very Canadian institution. It's got a very specific style of like the co-op program in Waterloo is very um is 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 the reason why this is uh it's it's such such a good engineering school practically. It's not a great like research school and you're looking at rankings which were all research based. Like UFT produces way way more research. Like if you're going to do a masters you're going to do it in like Waterloo you're going to do it in uh in right. Let's talk about the name of the podcast. Is it on Because this name is quite special to the three of us and one more of our uh, friends, and it really kind of came on about in our fourth year of uh, undergrad when we were doing our design project, our final capstone project, and uh, the task was we had a we had the whole year, so basically two semesters over two semesters we had to pick some kind of problem and then engineer a solution and actually build it, right? Um, So yeah, what we our team so Bora, Mustafa and I and another friend of ours were in the were in the same group and we ended up picking this in hindsight seemed to be a pretty obscure project because it sounded cool and it looked cool. So the official name of it if I still remember correctly is acoustic localization using uh piezo transducers or something. Yep. Yeah. I I know that project intimately by like every detail of it. Cause <laughs> cause you wrote all the code in it, if not most. Well, well, we also decided to do it like the hardest way possible. Like oh yeah, like we like if we were to like okay, and the spectrum of can you do it in an app on a phone all the way to whatever the f- we did, yeah. we did that. Like okay, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it we used because, we used hardware. Yeah, you're right. It was because it was because you guys were hardware engineers, and we're like, I whoa, whoa. don't want to. You need to name names. You need to name names. I ain't no hardware engineer. No, 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 no. Uh, so th- I was. Yeah, you were a yeah. hardware engineer, and I I know Fish was a hardware engineer, and I know yeah. I know that Mustafa, you specialize more in le- electrical engineering, if I'm not mistaken. Right, mm-hmm. and I was the lone software dude. If we had gone the software route, this whole thing would have been much prettier. We would have had like we would have we would have done a much nicer job. Yeah. But you know, we ended up making an embedded so system. Why, why? Why did we buy that? What What was that thing called? The audio... the daughter board. Remember, it was called the daughter board. Well, the, the daughter board sits on top of what? What was that? Um, I forget the exact um, thing. It was just an embedded system, uh, essentially just running like. Um, I forget what it was. It wasn't an FPGA, was it? No, no it wasn't an FPGA. No, it was no. a dedicated like uh, DSP processor. Yeah, is yeah, it was a DSP processor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, DSP. Yeah, and so like I have a lifelong interest in DSP. Let it be known. I'm uh, uh, mm-hmm. working in like music and stuff. You're always working with DSP plugins and filters, mm-hmm. so it kind of felt natural to go there. But I gotta just harp on one thing about about uh, DSP uh, and especially around uh, how it's taught. You know how like Fourier transforms are taught. Or like you know, like uh, you know, Laplace transforms and Fourier Fourier transforms, all those things in, in university. They talk in the most names. in the most obtuse way possible. They show little squiggly lines on the on the on the on the on the, uh, on the page, like with sigmas and like and like uh, notations and supersets and all uh, super signs and all that. And then you don't understand anything that's going on. They could have just they could have just made it like, hey, it's a frequency distribution essentially. 
in these se- segments this is like you know it would, if you visualize it in that way suddenly the whole thing becomes so simple and so clear yeah. like you know why did it why is it approached in the most like mon- like mundane innate i think you've just you've way. just summarized my entire university experience right there <laughs> like that is the entirety of it is like i just i don't get what's going on i don't understand the the application here cuz like for me like i learned the reverse way where like okay i see how this is working i know how to apply it and i'll apply it to other things actually that's how most people learn uh it's pattern we are pattern matching machines right the whole reason why uh, machine learning is built on top of our, our our neural networks is the fact that we learn by by uh, by association and pattern matching and then we can make the abstract connections to learn the other way around is actually in unnatural to for most people <laughs> it's pretty interesting but even understanding just like the concept of it just like it was done so poorly like I think it's like scientific education needs to change personally. And on that bombshell. So anyways, getting back to the name of the podcast is it on. So we're yeah. all in this uh group. We're working on this pretty intense capstone project. So um we're writing reports and we're trying to make like, this thing work this DSP. Like if I remember correctly, like semester 1 was just the idea essentially. Yeah, it was like hashing out the idea and like developing the the report or I don't even remember yeah. to be honest. Lots of meetings with the professor. We had a professor that we had to report to. We also had a tester um that I seeked out from I can't remember the society name but she was a disabled person. and she was oh, yeah. our target audience right yeah so why and, and why was why was she our target audience great point we completely missed that point out <laughs> so why were we building this <laughs> yeah so let's talk about that let's uh, let's talk about why like i think i think there was good spirit behind it yeah did um, did touch screens exist by the way back then i think they did yeah they they, they did too. no they did but the for issue with the touch screen interface according if i remember was that it's too small and and like if you if you only have a fist to touch with it's very small mm-hmm. uh, so so the idea was um i guess if we talk about it is we you turn your entire table <laughs> using four microphones <laughs> into a touch screen actually ridiculous it sounds to that <laughs> I think I think in fact if we pull up that report we even said you could turn an entire wall. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely said we could turn a wall into a damn touch screen. Well, technically a wall would work work a lot better than what we ended up using with yeah. knots. Why <laughs> that, that piece of wood? I forgot had... about the motherfucking knots dude. <laughs> oh yeah, anyways, yeah. So so the What we entered the project with was a piece of wood that had knots of wood in it which are like concentrations of wood. So when you when you knock onto a certain area it like creates ripple effects and makes the, like the localization almost impossible. So um, let's let's back up here. So yeah. so to to put it in lay terms you would have any surface with four corners so we would put microphones in each of the corners and the idea was that you can tap on specific parts of this wall or this surface and like we would what's that it's like a grid like a grid yeah exactly like a grid so we'd create this uh, kind of acoustic grid so when you tap or knock on a specific part of the surface we would use the four microphones to triangulate where exactly you knocked and based on that we would do different things like turn on appliances or turn on the lights or off the lights for visually handicapped people so that was the premise of the project 
but then it was so over-engineered and over-complicated. Yeah. <laughs> we, we used a DSP, like an actual yeah. embedded system to write the code because it's not on an app, <laughs> you know, yeah. or like Arduino. <laughs> so this, yeah. like, this was like, in uh, 2012. I think the keyword, yeah, like the keyword there is over-engineered, right? Like, like, like you said, like we, we weigh, like, DSP, daughter board, and then what was the little LED thing that we built? That, oh. that piece of shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We had a little so grid that we built. So unnecessary. Um, because, like, in hindsight now, like, all, all we needed was an Arduino. We could have had it done in, like, or, a couple or, of days. <laughs> or, or a Raspberry Pi. And it could be done in a couple of days. <laughs> well, but, Raspberry but, like, didn't exist but, like, we, say, we say this now, though, with, like, a decade of experience, right? Like, yeah. And that's that's really the difference between yeah like ten years of experience and yeah. So I mean, anyways, I mean, right now I could even build this in the cloud. So let's be real. <laughs> do it. How are you gonna do it serverless, man? You gotta still get some input from somewhere. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So so at the end of the year, we submit the project, right? And we somehow miraculously win. Uh, I think that one of the top 10 design awards. So of our entire class, our project was picked as one of the best ones. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how still. <laughs> but we, we made it. So, so. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about like just uh, like there's the piece of wood, right? Which we cut into a grid, I think, of like eight by eight. Yeah. So like, and the it was, a, it was a large was, piece of wood, was, to be honest. Like, yeah, like, like, like a it meter was, and a half by two meters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like think of a top of your desk kind of a thing and it's cut into a grid. And mm-hmm. if you tap into one of the places, <laughs> you can turn a light bulb on, right? Like. Yeah, it sounded pretty weird. rad. Not going to lie. Like back when we were working on it, it was like. Yeah. Dope. And if I remember our, our demo, like, and that's kind of, I think maybe what we brought in is like our ability to kind of sell it. Yeah. Theatricality. Right? Like we, we, yeah, like we sold that thing when we were doing the demos. Because you do the demos first and then they pick whoever wants to go forward, right? Um, yes. And then when we're doing the demo, like we killed it because like we, we sold the idea of, of like how good this thing is. And we had like a fan. There was a few light bulbs, I think. And depends on where you tap, the things would turn on, right? But sometimes... Because of those tap- nuts. Because of those nuts. <laughs> Sometimes when you tap, nothing happens. What what would we do then? So yeah, I mean, like uh, like so sometimes people would tap, and I, I think uh, Ganti would should say this because he was the one always uh, <laughs> turning around. But yeah, he would be presenting it to someone, and then you know they would say, "Can I see your project?" And then Ganti would say, "Yeah." So uh, let me just back up a little bit. So we would we were set up in one of the main buildings, engineering buildings in the U of T campus downtown in the Bain lobby right so as soon as you walk in this pretty no, new that building was the, hold on that was the that was the revive the that's the selected version oh yeah, yeah before, okay, that, okay. before yeah. that we're in sf basement yeah yeah we're in a dingy basement in one of the engineering buildings you're right so this was like the final design showcase so our classmates could walk around and check out other projects professors could come by and anyone really could come by and check out these projects right so um, and the graders, like that. There's like two professors that grade you come through. I remember, or three. Right. Oh yeah. There was like a yeah. There's a yeah. like a. And they come out of mark. Traveling like se- troop of professors who were going from table to table to mark you. So, anyways, we found out pretty early on the showcase that sometimes when you knocked on the surface, the thing didn't really work because of the knots in the the piece of wood that we chose, and the knot somehow 
I think lead to different density in the wood and affects the way sound travels across the surface. Anyways, it didn't work and it messed up our project, right? So what we would do is like I would turn to Bora because Bora would be in the back and I was kind of the salesman with Fish and Mustafa up front. And we would sell the crap out of our project. And then when someone was like, oh, can, can we see it? And then I would do like a test knock, which is super orchestrated. I knew exactly where to tap because we knew that point would work with a 60% chance all the time. Um, so I, we would do the tap. And then when it didn't work, I would turn around and look at Bora and be like, hey, Bora, can you just make sure it's on? Or I, I would ask him, hey, is it on? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, yeah, wait, 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 it's not turned on. Like, let me just, let me and I'll fiddle with the computer and then voila, next tap, definitely is going to work. But basically what he was doing in the back was he was resetting the system or recompiling and... I wasn't actually doing anything. No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing was ever Oh, done. you're not doing anything? No. <laughs> Either so it was just like say. a game of... It was a, no, it was a gimmick. So we never had to restart or do anything. So the reason why it sometimes didn't work is because there are knots. And then the way that the knots interact with the sound is that it creates uh, uh, cross-correlation errors, essentially. So then, it, like, it can't compute that, like, and then. Well, it creates a second wave of yeah localizations that you have to. So then it it's like it like shifts the position, and because it's the grid, we only had a couple of grids online at any point. You know, there would be uh, the end of it spaced apart, so we didn't you know accidentally trigger uh, trigger the uh, uh, trigger like you know uh, lights from another uh, uh, grid. So uh, essentially, it would it would choose a different location. So, but if you tap it again in a specific way, like you know, it worked. Like it was just because of the knots. Right. Okay. So yeah, basically we would say, is it on as a ruse to try and redo it and make sure our demonstration went well? And 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 it worked. We got selected to go into this like special showcase in Bain Center. And yeah, it was... Yeah. And there's a, there's a fundamental truth to this, by the way, like the, the, the biggest truth to life, I think you'll find there, you know, in that like, fake it till you make it. Okay. <laughs> like if something doesn't work, Get it to work to 60% and sell the shit out of it and then figure shit out. Because it'll work eventually, you know? <laughs> and yeah. well, I was about to say, isn't this like the story of every startup kind of demo? Like even not a startup, like I've, I've demoed different UIs under a different company and, and it's still the same thing. It's just like at one point I demoed an entire UI for an entire playout system, but it's just an HTML interface and it, the back end wasn't connected to the front end. <laughs> Yeah. And it was purchased. Nice. So. And yeah, I mean, let's just edit on the most important thing we learned from all of this, which is, you know. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Uh, don't ever be afraid of putting shit out if it doesn't work like this. This is the first podcast. It's going to be like, it's going to be pretty bad, <laughs> but we're going to make it work eventually. And, um, and, you know, just keep trying and like, you know, um, things will work out. Yeah. So. For the next episode, we are going to be talking about working remotely and working from home and how, at least over the last couple of months, the shift from being in an office to now being in, in your home office and how that's affected productivity and um, well, personal productivity and productivity of the companies itself or the economy overall. But anyways, that's a general broad idea. We'll, we'll dig deeper next week. That's all for the sprint planning session. Thanks for listening and choosing to join us on this journey. This is our first attempt at doing this. So feedback is always welcome. We want to hear your thoughts, comments, good or bad. Um, please, please reach out to us. Um, and yeah, if, 
if you if you are so inclined inclined uh subscribe leave us a review because it really helps and uh yeah we'll see you in the next episode of is it on yeah.